0: LiveFlow saves me 14 hours a month. Terrell Turner, T.L. Turner Group. LiveFlow saves me two working days a month. Michael Alleman, Alleman Business Group. We're saving over 15 hours a month using LiveFlow. Marissa Stillwell, Bookkeep. LiveFlow has given us the gift of time back. Sarah Jones, Ascent CFO. Stay tuned to hear more from our sponsor, LiveFlow, later in the episode.
1: If you'd like to earn CPE credit for listening to this episode... Visit earmarkcpe.com, download the app, take a short quiz, and get your CPE certificate. Continuing education has never been so easy. And now, on to the episode.
0: This is Oh My Fraud, a true crime podcast where all the numbers are made up and internal controls don't matter. I'm Caleb Newquist, and I'm Greg Kite. Greg,
1: you're on the fringes of show business, right? Uh, That's that's probably an overstatement. I'm maybe like on the fringe of the fringes. Yeah. Uh, Okay. Yeah. Yeah. um, Yeah. I mean, you've been doing
0: stand up a long. You've been doing stand up a long time.
1: Yeah, I think like it's been twenty years that I've been doing stand up. Um, I do have, and it's weird that after doing it for as long as I have. Uh, my ambitions have have waned, but opportunities seem to be uh, growing. I've got so I got to stand
0: up. Sh- that's that's the trick,
1: right? Stop caring and then <laughs> like right, exactly. I get yeah. Once you give zero shits, that's when things start to happen. Yeah. So I've got I've got a show called Comedy Church. I've been it's it's a show that I made up and started just putting on myself, and then I got a co host, and then we started getting. uh recognized and started in 2018 and we just recently had some uh a couple of those episodes got filmed and streamed so yeah. that's but that's as that's as showbiz as i've gotten is that got it
0: so do you have do you have like an agent or a manager or anything like that or has anyone ever approached you about doing a show that kind of stuff
1: um, well, uh, so in terms of an agent or manager, I don't have a manager like right now today. But I'm in a but a week, literally a week from yesterday. So six days from now, I'm supposed to have a a, a meeting with a guy who wants to be my manager. So oh. a, again, opportunities presenting themselves. And and it's funny, even with that meeting, I'm kind of going, I. I don't know if you're putting your money on the right horse here, bud. Cause I, I, my, I, am just not a, you know what you're getting yourself into. Right. Right. It's yeah. kind of like, we need to talk it. I need to figure out what his expectations are for me to see if I'm, if, if he wants to say yes.
0: Right. Um, it's like, all right. It's like, I got health insurance and a pretty good job. So exactly. Uh, mm.
1: Exactly. So, and not just <laughs> okay. that, and a, a job I like. So it's right. like, you got, yeah. this has to, yeah. But anyways, but that's, that's kind of cool. And that's fun. And uh, funny thing. Yes, I have been approached uh, a couple of times for some TV shows. The first one I got approached for was back in 2016. I got approached to be the host of a reality show that was going to be on Spike TV. That, oh, yeah. And they, the idea was it was going to feature people who just had like the worst personal finances and I was supposed to get in there and like yell at them until they made better choices. No, <laughs> like, like Simon, like Simon Cowell for like uh, for for personal finance. kind of
0: thing it, uh, no, it's like no, like dreadful, uh, dreadful, uh, dreadful <laughs> reconciliations of right. your bank
1: of your check if your checkbook, <laughs> right? Or like Gor- uh, Gordon Ramsay. What? Yeah. What is this? This is horrible. Do it again. Um, you no, call this a budget? <laughs> Right. And, uh, but, but no, literally, have you, have you ever, have you heard of or have you seen the show Bar Rescue? Oh, yeah, with that Australian guy. Oh, no, that's not oh. it. This is a mean New York guy. And, oh. uh, and he goes in and yells at bar owners until oh, they yes. change. I so- know
0: the concept. I know the concept of the rescue show. Though. Yeah. Like and- restaurant rescue. I can't think of that guy's name.
1: Yeah, I, yeah, I can't either. So but bar but rescues another one. Bar yeah, rescues yeah. one, and so that's how it was literally pitched to me. This is bar rescue, but for uh, household budgets instead of bars. Uh, oh, and so so that was so one. How how far did that go? It, it, it well, it, it went to the point where they were saying, "Hey, we'd like to fly you out," and then all of a sudden they stopped calling me. But oh. I felt I felt like it was weird because they like cold called me about it. So I didn't really, I didn't, you know, the whole thing was kind of like, I'll see where this goes, but I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to put a whole lot of stock in it. Um, And then oddly enough, like just in the last couple of weeks, I got contacted again for something similar to that. Again, it's another reality show, but this one is supposed to be about romance scams and love fraud is what Uh, they said. Like the Tinder swindler kind of thing. Apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They want to do a series like that. And right. somehow some casting isn't that, kind
0: of, isn't that what catfish is though?
1: You mean what they're doing to me? I think no, maybe I mean... <laughs> possibly. <laughs> no, I mean like love fraud. Isn't that catfishing? I
0: think catfishing is love yeah. fraud. Yeah, well it? that
1: I don't know what love fraud is. Where hmm. I mean, is that like if somebody says I love you and they don't mean it? This I could don't... be this could this could be category creation happening right here folks could, could be could be so love uh, fraud yeah so anyway so that again i'm not putting a whole lot of stock in it but i'm supposed to have a a, a talk with a guy sometime soon so cool. we'll see i mean I, I mean that's that's great
0: that's fantastic yeah greg greg kite ladies and gentlemen <laughs> um <clears throat> anyway i don't know about you greg but um i don't really get the sense that most people realize or just, or maybe appreciate just kind of how sophisticated and complex show businesses just the sheer number of people that work in it is kind of staggering in 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 all kinds of different ways right so of course there's actors and musicians and comics and and people that are super visible i think that's what when people think about showbiz they're like oh there's tom hanks or there's jerry seinfeld and they're like right you know yeah. That's show business. But like right. there's all these people like representation, right? Like agents and managers and there's producers and editors and writers and makeup and costumes. Like it goes on and on and on and and, and all kinds of different things.
1: Right. And, and what's crazy about that is – uh, my girlfriend, she works in live theater here in Salt yeah. Lake City. and her her role, she's the wardrobe manager. Yeah. and she she is in charge of all of the dressers for the shows because they have they have t- costumes, actors have to change in and out of costumes. And yep. that's all that's a whole backstage thing that yep. I never even thought of until I started dating someone who did that. And right. now and now I can't not think of wardrobe changes every time I watch a TV show sure. or a movie uh, or or a play going, How did they do that? How do they get right. those people in those clothes? When well, even like even like a show like Game of Thrones, they make all
0: that stuff. Right. Exactly. You know, and yeah. like that, like the amount of work that goes into that. Is is astounding.
1: Staggering. Staggering. Yeah. And yep. and even the shows that the shows that we filmed of my comedy show, we they hired a director, they have camera yep. people. We have to block through where we're gonna. And that's not like a normal stand-up is wonderful because of its simplicity. Show yes. up and, and is there a microphone and does it work? Cool, we're good to go. Right. But then as soon as you're filming something, it's a whole different thing. Right. And so, yeah. So there's all there's this entire there's a huge thing that is uh, that is show business. But the one thing that I think everybody realizes is that there's lots and lots and lots of money to be made in show business, and it's not. And obviously, it's not just money; it's fame too. There's yep. you know people, you know those are the two things: f- fame, f- riches, and glory. Is yes. what people. <laughs> People fame and it. fortune fame yeah. and fortune and those yes. and those i mean those are two human desires those uh, you know i guess we like to think of those as maybe two particularly american desires uh, yeah. but but obviously they attract a lot of people who will do anything or close to anything to get a, a little get their beak wet with that fame and fortune
0: yeah and so if you've got people chasing fame And you got people chasing money, in some cases, lots of money, and some who will do just about anything to get it. What do you suppose that's a recipe for,
1: Greg? Marijuana brownies. It's a recipe for marijuana brownies. (laughs) I mean, no. It's a recipe. This is a recipe
0: for. uh, It's a a fraud podcast. Chicken pot pie. (laughs) Fraud. Fraud, Greg. You you dummy. (laughs) So once upon a time in Hollywood, Zachary J Horwitz screen name, Zach Avery is an actor in Los Angeles. He previously lived in Chicago after graduating from Indiana university with a degree in psychology and Horowitz is handsome in a, I don't know, typical sort of way. He kind of reminded me of Bradley
1: Cooper. Kind of got a Bradley Cooper thing going ah, on, maybe. No, I, no, I, I not Bradley up, Pi- Cooper. I looked up pictures of him, and I think he's he's uh, he's handsome in the sort of way that there's probably going to be somebody more handsome. Yes. Oh, he's well,
0: he's well he's, said. He's handsome well said, in a right. he's
1: not ugly sort right. of.
0: Sort yeah like he's fit he's got yeah. dark
1: hair yeah. like
0: steely steely blue eyes like oh. his eyes were the ones where i'm like oh that's what they mean when someone says steely blue eyes like he had that kind of thing okay um big winning smile yeah you know? see you say yeah.
1: winning smile i say veneers but maybe it's the same thing
0: <laughs> maybe it is yeah I'm just, you know, just
1: trying to give people a picture. <laughs> yeah, no, but he's he's definitely, like I said, not an ugly dude by no. any by any right by anybody's measure. But yeah.
0: someone out there is better looking. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, in his early days in Hollywood, he's not getting a lot of work, but he's making connections and whatnot, and he's just trying to do, you know, the the actor thing. Right, and he has hopes and dreams of stardom and riches, and they're just not really coming as quickly and
1: maybe as easily as he wants right and, and i i read something where he like he was getting roles but it was like all direct to dvd kind of stuff or direct to streaming oh, yeah. or whatever it was yep so yep yeah nothing nothing to i mean obviously stuff to brag about it's work is work but yeah. it's not you know he's not he's not a, a household name by any means right right so in about 20 20-
0: 2012 he moved to he moved to los angeles in 2012 so later in that year he moved there i believe in january 2012 but later um in the year with uh one of his showbiz friends julio uh i believe i would call, pronounce this uh Ayvis. i my why am i not pronouncing this right uh, yeah julio yeah Ayevis. or if you're you're a gringo Halavis. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. If you've never spoke Spanish in your life, you would just say Halavis. You'd say Halavis?
1: Julio right. Halivus?
0: Julio yep. Halivus. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. They start one one in a million productions. And uh, one in a million, it's it's like when you when you see it in print, it's just one, the number one in MM, capital M, capital M. And uh, that's short for one in a million. Yeah. So we'll we'll say one in a million to keep it. Obvious here. Because I'm That's, not going to say one in MM every time because right, that sounds yeah. stupid.
1: It does sound stupid. And, and even when you think one in a million's fine, they really hollywooded that up with the way that they write <laughs> they it out. They sure did. They sure did. They um, they were expecting that to be in a little clip at the beginning of a movie before it starts, you know, right. like bad robot or you know, or like <laughs> right. the dreamworks kind of Imagine. thing. Imagine. Yeah. Yes.
0: <laughs> exactly. So the idea was that they would produce low budget horror and sci-fi
1: films and Zach Avery would star in these movies. The brilliant too, because that's one of the things that I'm aware of that I kind of fell into with my wild fame and success with my comedy church show is if you want the best way to like actually get work is make work for yourself. Make so that's for, yes. Yeah. So a- absolutely he's doing I, a good I think job. That's absolutely right.
0: Yeah. So in 2013, um, one in a million they announced a partnership with a Miami-based TV distribution company called Ale entertainment. Now I know I'm saying that right. Um, yeah, so Ale Brihe's hear. co-owner is a guy by the name of Gustavo Montadon and he's like this showbiz veteran. He he spent, he was like you know, in the research he, I did, he's he he had spent 30 years at 20th Century Fox and just had good pone- uh, connections, especially in uh, Latin American markets. And in the Variety article announcing this partnership Montadon is quoted in it and he said, we are thrilled to enter this partnership with such a charismatic pair of creative individuals yeah so,
1: so nice zach and julio are are definitely i mean they uh, zach's maybe not a a successful actor but he's at least uh he, he's got he's got some hustle and he's yep. uh, you know and he's got he's got some uh, people skills yeah he's got he knows some people he's making he's making yeah. the right connections and and they're in collaborating Absolutely. And one of the things that's also interesting in terms of the show business side stuff it's a it's sort of looking at what we already said a little bit differently. But one of the things and and this is show business, not just acting and movies and TV, but it's also music, Mm -hmm. is that there's such a the the depth of players backstage that are needed. A lot of times if someone either isn't successful, as you know as being the, a front man for stuff they're able to find roles that they can fit in and get work doing these backstage kinds of things whether that's right. production or or whatever um yeah. and, and also a lot of times that's like if it's sort of the the quintessential where are they now story where <laughs> yeah you know so, someone who was who big time you go i wonder what happened to him chances are they're still in show business just they're a few layers deep in terms of what what they're doing with right. the show business, so yep. um, so and, and that's that's a little bit of the pivot that we see Zach doing from you know be actor on direct to to DVD uh, projects to to starting to do this thing where where they're going to uh, produce their low budget horror films and then. They even they they pivot a little bit more because what they do they're not just producing these low budget horror and sci fi films they're also uh, branching out into into uh, uh, licensing and and distributing content yep. as well. So right. specifically, what they would do is they would acquire English language films for distribution in Latin America e- either through theaters or through th- streaming services that target Latin American audiences. Yeah.
0: And I think, and, and and it makes sense, right? Because like, this is, you know, this is the mid 20 teens. So, you know, Netflix is definitely ascendant during this time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And so like, you got to think about like when they're, you know, Netflix it doesn't really say no to anything as far as I can tell. Right, right. They are hungry for content, Yeah, right? Absolutely. And so all these other competing services or competing streaming services are basically just trying to catch up with Netflix. So at this time, and I don't remember when Netflix really started ramping up their production budgets, but like people took notice, right? And so, you know, distributors of all kinds started being really hungry for content and they were branching out into international markets and Latin America of course is i would say a largely untapped market so this move makes a lot of sense right yeah it
1: ab- ab- seems to absolutely does and you know and again we're talking like you said streaming's becoming a big thing the streaming services are in the middle of of shifting to just brokering existing content to stream yeah, because there was because we all remember that shift where it was just like, oh, all these old TV shows that I remember now I can see them on Netflix. That's cool. And then yep. all of a sudden it's like, what? Netflix is making their own shit. That's going to be yep. garbage. Oh no, wait, it's really really good. Yeah, it's and really good. Yeah, yeah. So so that's that's what was happening. And that that's ushered in, you know. And again, you, you people want to be on the front end of a bi- front front edge of a big wave like that. That's you know, it's the the ground floor kind of thing. I deal with it. So that's, I think that's where Horowitz and uh, his, and his partner, Julio, Ayivis uh, Ayivis that's, go. that's how I'm going to say it. Uh, that that's where they want to be. So they, uh, but, but, well, actually, an interesting thing. I was on a flight, and this was years ago, and I just happened to sit next to a dude who was actually uh, his job was was this same kind of thing where he he had acquired uh, the rights to um, Always Sunny in Philadelphia and mm-hmm. Californication. Mm-hmm. I remember those two were the yep. or, or his company had, and he was in the, he was going to meetings to try to sell the the rebroadcast rights to those to those series. And it sounds like it's a very lucrative thing that you can do once you get yep. those rights, but also people aren't stupid and they know that it's lucrative on that end. So acquiring those rights is very expensive on the yes. front end. Not, yep. not cheap to be able to e- even, even sh- apparently even shitty content it's very expensive <laughs> it's very expensive yeah yes and yeah. so 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 uh so this one in a million guys they started looking for investors because they needed they needed cash to help turn that profit down the road so they were looking for investors they were looking for cash and what what Horwitz does is he immediately goes back to the Chicago area to his college buddies and his connections there and he's able to get just just sort of i guess a rudimentary crowdsourcing kind of funding mm-hmm. of $37,000 this is in 2014 that they gave him but the interesting thing is they didn't give it to him as like an equity position what, what the one in a million guys did is they got the money and they gave the people. So in, in exchange for this $37,000, they gave them a promissory note. And if you're not familiar, I, I I've got, gosh, I've got probably a hundred promissory notes at my, uh, at my business that we have given out to different, different people. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's a loan is what it is. A promissory yep. note is a loan. If it's a promissory note, it's it's in writing. It is enforceable. It's a legal document that you sign. That at the top of it says the words promissory note. Oh, so, yeah. At least, wow, I love it. I love it when they make it easy. It's it's so easy like that. Yeah, and at least all the ones that we have, at, you know, like I said, the the probably one hundred of them that I have to wrangle at my day job. Yeah, we've got we've got all that stuff. And to say it's an IOU is maybe. Uh, it's more sophisticated than it's that. It's definitely more sophisticated. I'm not going to say that's offensive to say it's an IOU, but <laughs> I'm going to say since I've got a lot of them, uh, that it's kind of offensive to call it an IOU. Uh, All but right. anyways, that's, uh, that, that's what he got. And for this, f- uh, first deal, the one in a million guys, they got the 37,000 and they, they repaid, they, 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 they were able to repay the note with the principal and the interest on time. Everything went great. So then over the next six months, Horowitz got those college buddies from back in the Midwest to raise a million bucks from their friends and families. So it's so it, it's not the people Horowitz knew. It's downstream from them even. Yep. And So they're pooling their money, and they're giving them a million bucks to finance the acquisition of seven more films. So he raised money. Again, it's all through promissory notes. Mm -hmm. And all these promissory notes have terms of six months to 12 months, which is a very short promissory note.
0: Yeah. Are they typical? So uh, since you're so familiar is that that strikes you as sh-
1: pretty short for a promissory note it's short for the ones the ones i'm working with at, at my job are like 20 year promissory notes oh shit so, okay pro- but but at the same time that's i mean it's a very uh, promissory notes are very flexible documents there's not like a yeah, standard so the terms
0: can be the yeah. terms could be 3 months
1: or absolutely, something absolutely yeah so yeah, so okay. i'm not Go. i'm not shocked but it's 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 not a long time you know it's it's it, once you start looking at 6 or 12 months that's not a very long time to get your money tied up is what but I'm, given I'm the nature of the transactions that's th- it's not unreasonable right and and if these guys are really you know kicking ass and and hustling they should be able to acquire i mean i think that would be their sales pitch we can acquire yep. this and we can and we can sell it to the distributors and all we need is 6 or 6, six months to a year and then you yep. get your money back with interest which is yep. fantastic which um, is great Yeah. So they got, so they got these seven, uh, these seven films and they were selling the rights to, to HBO, to Sony, uh, to replay those, uh, those films. And, and here's what's, here's what's crazy is that the notes were paying returns between 25% and 45% interest, which is, is 25 to 45%. That's that is like unregulated payday loan rates. Yeah. So that's not regular. That's not if you go into a payday loan place, you you're legally not gonna be charged 25. 25- <laughs> so this is unregulated payday loan right. rates. Right. So that's it's like that's I that's an eye popping interest rate, is what that it's is. It's a
0: handsome, It's a handsome return. It's
1: it, it and obviously, you know, you're gonna have people who are sitting upright to get that. And like we said, they they had that history. They got the, the initial 37000 dollars that they got and they they paid that back on time so they've got a track record mm-hmm. and yep. uh, and so for several years they were doing that things were going well horwitz uh boasts about his all of his fancy connections apparently one of the connections that he boasted about was howard schultz not to be confused with charles schultz uh ah. howard schultz he's the famous ceo of starbucks Yes. Uh, um, and depending on when you listen to this episode, maybe he was the famous former CEO of Starbucks. Yeah, he's he's held the job like three different times. Yeah, like it's ridiculous. Yeah,
0: exactly. And anyway, and he's I guess he likes coffee. I right, don't know. Right Right. <laughs> Charles
1: Schultz. Charles Schultz, on the other hand, he's he's you know he's a cartoonist. Car, he's a yeah. beloved cartoonist. Yeah, he's the Charlie Brown, the Peanuts guy. So yeah, whenever the peanuts, I see Peanuts guy, whenever I see Howard Schultz in right and written out, I, my brain immediately thinks Charles Schultz, and I go, Oh no, not really.
0: That. Yeah. Oh, it's weird because they're not even spelled the same. They're not. Well, no, that shows you how much of an idiot I am. So, so, well, that is one of the, that's, that's a recurring theme of the it, show. It's is me pointing out how dumb you it's are.
1: It's a recurring theme in my life. Um, <laughs> I, I, oh, so it's I, not just me then. No, no, it's a, every, it's everyone I'm saying it's because, uh, i had covid and now i have long-term long-haul covid brain fog mm, and that's mm. my excuse but uh but alternately i'm just a i'm just a dumbass so it's one of right. those two things so anyway, so so horwitz and his three buddies they they end up over the course of this time they're recruiting dozens of of downstream investors. So people who are are at least once removed from them, who are investing in the one in a million productions to acquire these movies. And they're getting bigger and bigger titles, Caleb. Mm. They're getting Mm -hmm. titles Mm -hmm. like active measures, titles like run with the hunted (laughs) and titles like blood quantum. And those are all titles that I have seen prominently featured in the DVD bin at Dollar Tree. So (laughs) That's, I mean, it's it's fucking big time, big time. Uh, and and listen, it even gets better because there was this one time where uh, this group of investors gave Horowitz one point four million dollars to acquire mm-hmm. the rights to this Italian film called Lucia's Grace, okay. uh, which which has which is listed on Rotten Tomatoes. And it has an amazing forty three percent rating on <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes, which which sounds bad. Which is bad, right? It, it, not, I don't I, really. I, I don't know. I I, I I don't really know. I don't use Rotten Tomatoes. You I don't? don't. I, see, not really. No. It see, Rotten. Here is what. There is two ratings on Rotten Tomatoes, and I and I can't remember which one this is. If it's the critic rating, it's like splat, and then there is the tomato. Yeah. Right? Well, if it's like. the, if the critics are if forty three percent of the critics uh, like it, and so fifty seven don't then i'm like going oh, this might be okay cuz cuz critics can be dumb asses but yeah. if if it's the user if it's like the audience rating which i doubt it was this this probably was the critic rating that's usually what we think of as the rotten tomato rating but i yep. i but i will 100% watch a movie with a 43% critic rating and like a 73% audience rating that means that's a good that's like a fast and the furious movie it's not it's not no one's ever going to uh, watch it in like a a, a film appreciation class right <laughs> but you're gonna watch it at home and go that was it that, that entertained me to it to a high degree yeah. so so yeah. Hey, so Lucia's grace anyways uh, also a movie no one's ever heard of in their life they get they get the license they get the rights to this and uh horwitz uh was was promising the investors it would be resold to netflix for distribution in chile and in argentina and in mm-hmm. brazil and in a few dozen other countries and he promised to repay the investors two million dollars that's a 43 percent return a two million dollar return on a 1.4 million dollar investment is a 43 percent return And again if we're talking just in six months or 12 months that's amazing that's that's nuts
0: This episode of Oh My Fraud is sponsored by Liveflow. Liveflow connects QuickBooks online directly to Google Sheets and Excel, allowing you to have spreadsheets that automatically update with the most recent QuickBooks data. Hundreds of accountants, bookkeepers, and small businesses are using Liveflow today to create automatically updating budgets versus actuals, dashboards, and consolidated reports. Yes, consolidated reports. You can connect one spreadsheet to multiple QuickBooks Online companies and see the numbers updated in real time. Because Liveflow can be fully customized to create reports and dashboards, Liveflow could also be used to surface possible fraud. For example, you could create a sheet that is a list report for invoices or checks and filter it for transactions over a certain amount. Then if any questionable transaction is entered into QuickBooks, it would automatically appear on the sheet. Or maybe you get really aggressive and create an entire dashboard that automatically surfaces transactions that are out of company norms. To learn more about using LiveFlow and how you can save 20% off your first three months, head over to omifraudpromo slash liveflow. That is omifraudpromo forward slash L-I-V-E-F-L-O-W. Stop manually updating your spreadsheets with LiveFlow. Okay, so Horowitz is also raising money from another group of investors. We've been talking about the Chicago investor group, which is, you know, his college buddies and, 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 and folks in their orbit. Yeah. But there's this... He's also raising money from another group of uh, investors in Las Vegas that included a steel company executive
1: named Jim Russell. And let me but, tell you this. Yeah. For some reason, those two things, a steel company executive... Uh-huh. And that he's in Las Vegas tells me that this is not a person I would really want to fuck around with. I don't think right. No. Uh, steel steel company
0: executive is uh, aka construction. Right. Right? Right. Construction in Las Vegas. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. No. So, it's, a, it's a fine point you're making, Greg. It's a very fine that, point. That, that, that jumped out at me. Yeah. But it's the same idea, right? He's he's issuing the promissory notes of six and twelve months. Uh, and he uses the money lent to him to acquire the film rights. Those rights are sold to distributors. Horowitz repi- repays the note holders with the proceeds. Yeah. Simple. No problem. Right? Yeah. Whenever someone wants... So occasionally people want documentation of these deals. So he provides you know, them with copies of the contracts and the correspondence with people like at HBO and Netflix. Right. And and this guy Russell uh, has already loaned uh, Horwitz half a million dollars. Wow. And in 2017, he was considering giving him more money, but he was nervous about the possibility of HBO backing out of the deal. Mm-hmm. And Zach Horowitz tells him, HBO has never
1: backed out. Ne- so that that was it. Just dropped yeah. it. Boom. HBO's never backed out. Shut nothing up. To, Shut nothing up, to worry about. Russell, Jim Russell, who... Yeah is arguably a mafia boss. Shut the fuck up, mafia boss. This is going to be fine. Relax. So so the Chicago group that includes Horowitz's college
0: buddies and their friends and family, uh, they're putting in millions. This Las Vegas group that in- includes this guy, Russell, they're trying to keep up. And one of the investors in this Las Vegas group, uh, his name is Romick yeah, uh, Yegna 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 Zari. Yeah, I, think I did all right with that one. Yeah, you Yegna did.
1: I, th- I, th- I say in the future, uh, podcast, mm. let's try to make sure all the primary characters have even harder to pronounce yeah. names than this, <laughs> right?
0: <laughs> yeah, and anyway, so this guy, uh, Yegna Zari, he's real anxious to give more money to Zach because there's only so many of these deals to go around. Right. And like, yeah. and the returns are really great. Like we are talking about six or 12 months. If you're earning 43% returns on six or 12 months notes, like that's, that's, that's a really good return. Yeah. And so
1: this guy's got like big time FOMO. Yeah. Which right? is, which is crazy. Cause you got, you kind of got this, 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 this dynamic where the Jim Russell guy is like going, Hey, I need some more, you know, give me some reassurance. Yep, and then you got the Yegnasari guy who's like going, "No, we gotta, we gotta put the pedal to the metal. This is the time yeah. to cash in. Let's go. Let's make striking our money while the
0: iron striking while the iron's hot."
1: Exactly.
0: So altogether, there are there are five main private investor groups that Horowitz is raising money from.
1: So they got these groups, and it's not just the groups; it's th- those groups are having downstream investors who are investing in those groups. But really, it's just these five groups. They're investing in one in a million and things are going great for Mr. Zachary Horwitz. Uh, He's living it up. He's living the LA Hollywood lifestyle dream. He's got a $6 million home in Beverlywood, which is a real place. That's Mm -hmm. not me screwing up Beverly Hills and Hollywood. It's a real place called Beverlywood uh, he's got he's got a, a, a new wife. He's got a young son. He's taking trips to Las Vegas. He's flying in private jets. He's living like a high roller. He's making all these big fancy deals. And in early 2019, he is on the cover of Swagger Magazine. Caleb, can you believe it? Swagger Magazine. I, I can't actually. It's a it. magazine. That's named after a scent of Old Spice deodorant. That's that's the caliber <laughs> of magazine that Swagger is. It's a lo- <laughs> Is that true? Is, it's, that, is that an Old Spice it, scent? It's my old. I'm wearing it right now. That's my <laughs> Old Spice scent. Anyways. All right. So, so
0: he's on he's on the cover of Swagger, which is a magazine that neither Greg or, and I or most of the
1: people listening have ever heard of. Right. Well, well, the the douchiest of listeners to this podcast are probably aware. They probably have a subscription to Swagger Magazine. But um, other than those, than that one per person who accidentally downloaded this, um, no one's heard of it in their life. And in this in this article that he's in in Swagger, he's talking about like all this Hollywood career stuff. Uh, there's then there's another interview on a medium site from early 2020 where uh, there's lots of name dropping and cliched career advice and other just weird stuff where, you know, like he's saying stuff, but he's not really saying things. Where it's like, you yeah. know, to get ahead in this business, you really need to follow your passions, man. And I and I have a passion to ensure that Latin American TV owners have access to the shittiest movies available. <laughs> That's you know, yeah. stuff like or, that. Or or or
0: you get ahead in this business by being Keanu Reeves, the, judging yeah. by the voice, by <laughs> judging by voices, uh,
1: Greg's voice work. There. Right, right. That's. Yeah, that was not a bad way to go. That's accurate. If you, be, if, if you can be Keanu Reeves, you're doing just fine. You're doing amazing. You're doing really well. Yep. So, yeah. so he's so he's cultivated this image, but the movies that are listed in these interviews, I I've never heard of any of them. Again, nope. he, there, he's a, he's a he's living the life of an A list celebrity, but he's working in and he's working with. B and below rated movies. So that's what that's what we got. That's the person of Zach Horwitz. So this Las Vegas
0: investor group, as we said before, is trying to keep up with the Chicago group that is putting in lots of money. And everyone wants to secure these notes because of the returns that we were talking about. Like right. These 30, 40% returns. Yeah. And the guy we mentioned before, uh, Romick Yegnazeri. Yegnazeri? Yeah. You got, you got it. Necessary. You nailed it. I, yeah, I got it. Yeah. This Las Vegas investor, <laughs> it was reported that he was trying to give Horowitz more money, but his partner, one of his partners, this Jim Russell guy that we talked about, is he's really skeptical and he wants to see some financials. He wants to see some financials of uh, one in a million. Yeah. But Zach Horowitz has apparently refused to provide them. Right. Which, and
1: that's, yeah. that's crazy. Cause it's a pe- little weird. people are investing millions of dollars with you and you're like, yeah I, I know you want to see him, but n- pe- nah nope, no, <laughs> nope. don't worry. your money's
0: great. Right. And so this this Los Angeles Times article, one of the Los Angeles Times articles that it's in the show notes, here here's an exchange between these two guys, uh, Yag Nazari and, and Russell. quote, "This is the goose that lays the golden egg guys. Let's just hope they keep coming month after month. Yegna Zeri wrote, suggesting they quote, ride this baby out as long as we can. He brushed off Russell's annoyance at Horwitz for refusing to let them see his business records. Quote, if anything, not sending us financials proves to me even more that they are not desperate. They don't need our money. I Yegna love that wrote. Like, uh, So I'm going to stop. A- That's so, <laughs> who, I don't know. I don't Dude, know if I would want to be in business with that guy. Uh, like, that yeah, is such Yek a Zer- weird thing to say. The
1: thing I go is, Yegnazeri is so not an accountant. He no. Nope. He's not no, at all. He he is is, not. He's a sales guy, and he's going, oh, man, these guys have such big balls and so much money. They don't want to. They do Not Not only do they not. The reason they don't want us to show. They don't want to show us their financials is because they don't need to because they're just nope. printing fucking money, man. We got to get in now. That's yeah. awesome. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> that, that was good. But the, quote, that. but the quote continues. Yes, the quote continues. Quote: It is absolutely
0: ridiculous that he does not want to share his financials. As we are currently lending five mil, Russell replied. Quote: This is very common practice to ensure the company is making money, has sales, and has the ability to play. Or excuse me, has the ability to pay. Sorry, I'm not risking millions based on upon someone's word who I don't know. So Las Vegas construction company, notwithstanding Greg, Uh this guy Russell seems to have, he seems to be more accountant minded. Yeah. The voice voice of reason. The voice of reason. Very much so. Okay. And so over two years, this Las Vegas group, they made 80 million in loans to Horwitz's company Ah. and the Chicago group of investors put in 490 million
1: that that's bonkers. Cause I mean, I'm no account of money, but that sounds like $570 million worth of loans that people made to Horowitz. So everything's going along just like we've described. And then one day in late 2019, seemingly out of nowhere, Horowitz failed to make some payments due to his investors. That hadn't happened before 2019. It, it, he's he's not making them on time, and so uh, Horowitz is explaining to his investors that he's, he's saying, "Hey, HBO, Netflix, they were they're they're late making their payments to me for the rights that they'd already acquired. So I don't they're late. So that's why I'm late. Uh, and so throughout 2020." Horowitz continues to explain to his investors that negotiations were ongoing and that he was working on getting HBO and Netflix uh, to pay up to resolve these issues. And he even uh, forwarded to his investors copies of the correspondence that he was having with HBO and Netflix because they they wanted, you know, they want their money. And he's got to mm-hmm. show them, hey, this is why you're not getting relaxed. This is what's happening. We're good. And then In March 2021, he was telling some investors that they should have their money any day uh, while he was trying to get a different investor investor group to pay legal bills so that he could sue HBO and Netflix. So he's already got his original investors. Now he needs other investors to pay for his legal bills, I'm assuming, because he's thinking that he can get so much more out of HBO and Netflix from the legal action that th- those investors would even get a profit off of that. Um, and in one email to an investor, Zach Horowitz wrote, uh, Netflix is a real problem at the moment. So he is, he's got these problems with Netflix and HBO. That's why he's not paying his people. And Horowitz had a big problem, and that was that he needed to pay. He owed the Las Vegas investor group $20 million bucks, and he needed to pay that. That's what's, uh, that, 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 what, that's what is causing him. That seems
0: like the real problem,
1: right? He's not, he owes,
0: he owes the investors this money and he can't get it. And that seems like right a problem. And it's, that the, seems like a problem.
1: It's the, the definitely legitimate Las Vegas investors <laughs> that he owes <laughs> yeah. the 22 million to. And so because of that, he's not getting any sleep in his, uh, sleep number adjustable bed, uh, that he overpaid for. Um, do you have, do you have a sleep number bed? Caleb? I do not. Oh, my gosh. They are so expensive and don't really help with your sleep. Um, so I'm sure Zach has one of those. But but the other, remember, the Las Vegas group was not the major investor. So the Chicago investor group, meanwhile, was obviously also getting antsy. And one person in that group was owed $10 million. And they were finally like, this is bullshit. And they decided to sue Zach. So, because of that lawsuit, their lawyer subpoenaed Netflix. The investor's lawyer subpoenaed Netflix for details on the payment that it had made to Zachary Horowitz. But Netflix, listen, Netflix says they had no record of doing any business ever with one in a million productions. That's what they got back. <laughs> oh, shit. The Not house good. of card crumbles at that point. <laughs> Not good, right? Not good. That seems bad. It's, that it seems bad. It, it's. I mean, it, it obviously was what we were going for. It's amazing that, that. I mean, I would think that at least they'd be like, "Oh yeah, we know that guy. We did a little bit of business with him." But they're like going, "Who's this guy? What's this company? We don't know who you're talking about." Which is amazing. And so the the this the Chicago investors attorney didn't buy it. I, he didn't believe that Netflix had no records of doing business with one in a million. And so he showed Netflix the documentation that Horowitz had provided to his client, the investor. So he says, hey, Netflix, bullshit. You've been doing business with one in a million. Here's all the documentation. Uh, for the license agreements for the two for two of the movies as well, and here's also some email correspondence that you Netflix had with Zach Horwitz, and Netflix was like, uh, th- "That's not a real con- that's a fake contract, and those aren't real emails." And that's <laughs> that, which is which is amazing. That okay, so this <laughs> attorney is suing Zach, and when he finds out that Netflix doesn't. Do business with Zach. He's not like going, Zach. You're a fr-. he's going. He, he goes after Netflix. He doesn't think Zach's lying. He thinks Netflix is lying. Yeah, right. Uh, it's awesome. Such a it's- good, <laughs> such a good twist. And then to make matters worse, I mean, things are already really shitty. I mean, this is getting pretty. This is pretty this, bad. This is yeah, this is bad. go on. Yeah, and, please go on. And yeah, Zach Horowitz does not have clean trousers. But uh, then on top of that. Federal investigators had contacted sales agents that had been purportedly selling film rights to one in a million because they wanted to know what those people knew about mm-hmm. one in a million. And in a filing, the investigator wrote that an attorney for the sales agent, which was called Sierra Affinity, had mm-hmm. never heard of Zach Horwitz or one in a million. So, again, everything. Not good. I, I, <laughs> I mean, good. I would think it, it, tell me if, 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 if you're with me on this, I would think that if you're committing this fraud, that you have actual transactions and you're just exaggerate, you're, you're saying, okay, we made this deal. It was for a little bit. We really needed it. To, we need to say it's for a lot, right? But, yep. but not where it's completely fabricated out of no, it's, it's, it's complete fiction. That's, yep. that's big balls stuff to me. Uh, yep. yeah. And so, uh, and, and here's a quote, uh, it says, quote, when asked about one in a million capitals purported license agreement with Sierra affinity for the distribution rights of active measures, she noted that Sierra affinity has no records of that film. They didn't, not only did they not know of Zach Horowitz or one in a million, they didn't even know there was a movie called active measures. That's how, that's how far-fetched this entire thing was and interesting side note i started going oh so zach horowitz even made up the titles of movies that he was <laughs> that's how that's how shitty the movies are that he's licensing is he's just making up tight but a- active measures actually is the name of a 2018 documentary about russian meddling in the 2016 election again it's that it's no inconvenient truth kind of documentary, but it's it is an actual documentary that I
0: uh, apparently It may be it may be that this that the Sierra affinity maybe they were just looking in their database their their library of films, yeah. right? Right, right. It's not right. that she didn't hear of it. She's just like, no, that's not part of our life. Right, right, right. Well, yeah.
1: and I would say if that that's what I would do is I would look through to see if it's one of my films, and then if it wasn't there, I'd say, I don't know what fucking film you're talking about because we don't never heard of it never heard of that one so yeah so that's uh that's what that's that's how everything started going down the toilet for good old zachy horwitz
0: early on april 6 2021 zach Horowitz was arrested at his home in Beverlywood. Beverlywood, <laughs> i hate that name for running a ponzi scheme
1: beverly wood really bothers me
0: (laughs) i know it's it does sound a little weird anyway anyway he was arrested at his home in beverly wood for running a ponzi scheme his investors were owed 227 million dollars wow uh the department of justice press release announcing the charges explained that there were no deals no deals (laughs) with distributors like hbo and netflix zero deals Horowitz had been paying investors with proceeds that he had raised from new investors and used the money to fund his lifestyle. So the home in Beverlywood, the the nearly $6 million home in Beverlywood, over $120,000 on trips to Las Vegas, uh, $1.8 million in American Express payments, nearly $700,000 spent on a celebrity interior designer. (laughs) because why not? <laughs> right. Uh over 165,000 for high-end cars, nearly 140,000 on chartered jets wow. and 55,000 dollars on a luxury watch subscription service. I, ge- I didn't even know you could do, I didn't even know you could do I guess watch subscription services are a thing. Like you can get a you can get a Patek or you can get a Rolex or whatever and then you wear it for
1: a while and you send it back. I mean, that's something I guess that people want right because on the one hand i go okay i could see where the ultra rich would like that but then i also think uh, of a fifty-five thousand dollar luxury watch subscription service that sounds like the fraud that sounds like the fraud scheme (laughs) not the not, not the movie distribution to latin america the luxury watch subscription service that sounds like some like a bunch of bullshit uh to me but it was real. Apparently, it's real. Very,
0: very real. So for five years, Horowitz had been hoodwinking his investors with his connections, his fake connections, yep, and his fake contracts and his fake emails. None of it was
1: real. But no not connections. But not fake financial statements. Again, <laughs> these aren't these aren't accounts. He can fake everything except a balance sheet. Apparently, right, <laughs> right.
0: or an invoice. Right. Well, no, he did fake invoices. Yeah. He didn't fake invoices. Some contracts. He he some faked some contracts. contracts. Faked, yeah. So yeah, no connections, forged emails, phony contracts. Mm-hmm. And what's fascinating is that he was able to raise a lot of money through really just a handful of people. Lots of work was done by his, I assume, now former college buddies. Yeah. yeah. Right? Yeah. The downstream investors is where uh, a lot of this money came from. And it, uh, yeah. I mean, when you're talking, he he owed 227 million dollars
1: yeah so Horwitz pleaded guilty in October 2021 to federal securities fraud and admitted to running a Ponzi scheme duh uh, all told he had raised 650 million dollars and caused 230 million dollars in investor losses but again that's a that's a very interesting uh representation of of how these Ponzi schemes work is that yep. that means that $420 million of investor money was returned to them uh, yep. with, with interest. So that's that's pretty... Uh, it's impressive what's, what's able to happen with a Ponzi scheme. Um, and as we mentioned earlier, he raised most of the money through those five investor groups. But those groups went out and recruited sub-investors, downstream investors, because they... They were like, "Hey, this is some great returns. You got to get in on this." So everybody, it's like people were falling over themselves to find more money to hand to the guy who was scamming all of them. Which yeah. is what uh, effective Ponzi scheme and an effective pyramid scheme. What they do, and then uh, in February 20- twenty, I just, I was just gonna point out one thing. Yeah, because we since we mentioned these
0: guys early on in the, in the show. Uh the two guys we mentioned earlier, Julio uh Ayives, uh or Halavis and uh Gustavo Montadon, those guys were not involved at all. They weren't charged. They really did not come up in this story at all in the research that we did, other than the when they announced that partnership way early on in in, in the story, and then after Zach went down, they were both quoted in a story. Saying that we, they were not involved, and even this guy Montadon, he he barely uh, he he barely acknowledged that he even knew Zach at all. Really, To someone that he knew a long time ago. Really, so Zach Zach pulled this thing off all by himself. Yeah, uh, six six hundred and fifty uh, gross. Ponzi scheme, uh, well, two well, net.
1: I love that. So tell me if I'm wrong. So the guy who was like, we're excited to be partnering with two dynamic and charismatic guys like Zach Horowitz. And then later he's like, wait, who's this Zach Horowitz? Who are yeah, you- uh, we talking I, about?
0: I don't, I don't really know
1: him. Yeah. I, Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Hard to say. So the epilogue on this whole thing is that in February of 2022, Horowitz was sentenced to 20 years in prison. And according to federal prison records, he is currently serving his time at Terminal Island in San Pedro, California, with a scheduled release date of 2039. So if you're listening to this podcast after 2039, he's no longer in in prison.
0: So, Greg, uh, did we learn anything? <laughs> it's another Ponzi scheme,
1: but uh, you know, did we learn anything new from this Ponzi scheme? Yeah, yeah, from this yeah, one. Yeah, I, I think so. I mean, there's, some, I mean, in terms of learning things new, um, I was, I was definitely taken aback by the number of red flags that we see in this case, and mm. and, and these aren't these aren't necessarily new. Um, so I'll just run through them. So first off consistent returns of over 15% are bullshit that's that's the biggest red flag and i would even say consistent returns of over 10% should be scrutinized heavily but uh but yeah especially when he's talking 25 to 45% returns bullshit it's too good to be true but people can't resist themselves can't resist no they can't resist so so that that's the first red flag the second thing don't give millions of dollars to someone who won't give you his financial (laughs) statements that's (laughs) yeah that's super basic i mean i if i'm if i'm giving my money to a fraudster he at least has to give me fake financial statements
0: i'll I'll settle for a I'll settle for a QuickBooks Online like <laughs> fucking five-line balance sheet. <laughs> just just right. go through the motions, man. Right. But nothing? Forget it. But nothing? Refuse? Yeah.
1: yeah. Get out of here. Uh, third. Even Bernie Madoff had a fucking <laughs> audit done. <Go. laughs> exactly. Jeez. Exactly. Pull it together, Horwitz. Way bigger Ponzi scheme, yeah. too. Come on, you, you fucking amateur. And then thir- third. Third. Uh, Horowitz's lifestyle was re- was ridiculous. Um, a luxury watch subscription service—that's that—that's ridiculous. Now, I do—I mean, all of his lifestyles—you know, seven hundred thousand dollars for a for a celebrity interior designer—it's like he wants to live the full HGTV experience. All that stuff is—it's bullshit to me. But then I do, Caleb. I did have to think about this. Where I'm going, it's it's ridiculous yeah. to me in my Provo, Utah uh, context, but maybe it's not ridiculous. Maybe it doesn't particularly stand out in Hollywood like it yeah. would in Salt Lake City. Um, but but you have to look at the lifestyle compared to what they're doing. And again, we pointed this out over and over again in the case. This guy was living this this amazing class A lifestyle. But he was, he was a broker of class B material. And there mm. should be a disconnect. That's sh- it's at least a red flag. It it may not yeah. be a thing that says this guy's definitely screwing us, but it's a red flag and it demands you looking into it. And so when you look into it, like Jim Russell did and said, show me your financial statement, he's just gonna screw you. That's when you go, no, I'm I'm out. I'm out. Um so so that's th- those were the red flags that I saw. And those are. I thought were, even though maybe not new stuff, I think it was very interesting part of this case. Agreed? Yeah. Yeah. I think I do. I think I do agree with that. One of the things that I learned, and I feel stupid that I learned this on this Ponzi scheme was that in in every other Ponzi scheme that that we've looked at together, that I remember looking at on my my own, the uh there was uh always it was always an equity position that people mm-hmm. were were making in the company which to me i think okay if i'm if i'm investing in this company i'm also like there's a tacit acknowledgement of risk because an investment like an equity investment involves risk this company could go down the toilet and i'm on board with that but what, what Horwitz did that was different was he ran his Ponzi scheme with these promissory notes, with debt rather mm-hmm, than with mm-hmm. equity. And I think that's freaking brilliant because mm-hmm. promissory notes, they have a much, much safer feel than equity investments do. Because you've got you've got a document, you've got a legally binding document that you can say, "No, I gave you this money, and you were supposed to give me my money back at this date with this much interest. And if you don't, I can go after you." So I'm not I'm not at the whims of whether or not your business succeeds. I I have this piece of paper that gives me these rights. So I would think it would be way easier to get the new money to pay off the old money when you're basically giving people a guarantee of an investment through this, through this debt instrument. It's, it's, it's the same thing we see like in, you know, stocks versus bonds is that bonds are a much more, uh, they're much safer investment in the stock market. And that's why they get lower rates of return. So this guy's saying you get the safety of, of, of this investment. Plus I'm giving you 30% return on your money. So, Everybody should be like, yay, this is this is wonderful. I've got this piece of paper that makes me feel good and I'm going to get tons of money. Um, so uh, it seems like a great way to turbocharge a Ponzi scheme is to do these debt instruments instruments uh, to get a lot of money really fast, but also I could see with getting money extra, lots of money extra fast, that's also going to push you past the threshold of unsustainability Quicker as well, because that's what we see. I mean, just mathematically, any of these things, you get to a point where you can't continue to raise money fast enough to pay off your old investors, right? Right. Cool. Those are two excellent learning points. Thank Greg. you. And is, I, I have. More. Do you have another one? I do. You have another? I okay. do. And and this was possibly the most interesting thing to me with this story is the way that the investors we're just clamoring to give mm. Horowitz money. Like the, the guy with the impronounceable last name yet. Nagazi or Yegnazari. Nazari, Nazari, where mm-hmm. he's like, Hey, this guy's such a baller. He doesn't even need financial statements. We need to give him all our money right <laughs> yeah. now so we can. Yeah. And, and that's, that is what makes Ponzi schemes so effective. And, yep. and, and not only that, cause, cause you know, this, I was, I was like front row seat, to a pyramid scheme that was right, right here in Utah. Um, And, and I, and I saw the same thing where people were like falling over each other to invest into this. It's not really an investment in a pyramid scheme. You're just giving money in and later you get a bunch more money out. Um, yep. but it's all dependent on getting more and more people to join the pyramid scheme and like, and just like a ponzi scheme it's also unsustainable after a certain period of time so we saw like we said we saw we saw uh wh- what was his name uh Russell Jim yep. Russell the steel guy yep. he was, yep. and he was he was the guy saying "oh let's pump the brakes" um but but what's crazy is in hindsight we know that he was the guy that was that, that had well, I mean he's still gave lots and lots of money so he still got screwed pretty good. Yeah. but but at least his disposition seemed more rational and reasonable than than else. and and i wonder what the dynamics are there because my guess is that jim russell came across and said hey we need to do more of our due diligence on this before we hand over tons of money and these other guys are going god damn it Jim <laughs> why are you like this Shut up Jim We want to make Don't you don't you like money? Let's yeah. make money. Stop being such a wuss and let's give them our money so we can make tons of money. And that was Ramik Yegnazari's point. I I see the name written out now, which is why I didn't even hesitate that time. So so Ponzi schemes and and pyramid schemes, they give so early investors. This is the thing that a lot of people don't remember is mm. that in all of those schemes the early investors they're getting real cash actual returns they're yep. get, they're getting these 25 to 45% returns on their money and so they're they're sitting there and they're fanning themselves with all this cash that they got from these things and again literally with the pyramid scheme that I saw these people were putting thousands of dollars like on their on their coffee table to say look I did this, you can do this too. Get in on this pyramid scheme cuz everybody's going to get rich cuz again, the what is it? The exponential the exponential need for investors is hard for the human brain to really get its get a, get a firm grip, grip on so right. people are just right. going no we just need some more people to do this and everybody's gonna gonna make out like bandits and and so so I, like i said i saw people just normal everyday people who'd made 10 dollars on this pyramid scheme just off of, you know other folks in the neighborhood kind of thing and that's what they were doing so then people go oh i gotta get in on that too because i could use the money and that's what we see with these ponzi schemes as well. And people, but people don't realize that because even in that pyramid scheme, I was the guy who was going, Hey, this is, this is a bad idea. And here's why. And maybe this needs to stop. And maybe we need to not tell anyone to put more money in it. Cause they're going to get fucked bad by this whole mm-hmm. thing. And I, but I was the asshole in that whole situation where it's like, it's like what? And I, and I'm like, Oh no, listen, I'm, I'm on the periphery of this, but, but I, I know what I'm talking about. Not stop. And not it's illegal, it's all shut up, Greg. Right. Cause they're going, you're, you're ruining I was, I was ruining the party is what yeah. I was doing. And that's, but seriously, I don't know if I can adequately express how weird of a dynamic that is that you can come to it and say, this is a horrible idea. We're getting screwed and people want to, are actively working against you to yeah. say no we need to keep doing this horrible idea. So this was a great uh, illustration of of that dynamic as well. All right, so that's it for this episode and just remember if you want to start a ponzi scheme, don't fuck around, do it with promissory notes like a badass. And also remember, if you paid $55,000
0: for a luxury watch subscription, you paid $55,000 for a luxury watch subscription. You have a perfectly good timepiece on your phone.
1: Hey, and if you want to drop us a line, send us an email at ohmyfraud at earmarkcpe.com. And Caleb, tell the good people how they can interact with you out there in the internet. On Twitter
0: at CNuquist and LinkedIn at Caleb Newquist.
1: What about you, Greg? Where are you? Uh, Twitter, I'm at Greg Kite. And LinkedIn, I am backslash Greg Kite. It is a backslash. It's not an at. It's not an at. It's a backslash, but it's with all the stuff. But, you know,
0: find me. Oh, My Fraud is written by Caleb Newquist and Greg Kite. Our producer is Zach Frank. If you like the show, leave us a review or share it with a friend. Be sure to subscribe on Apple Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you listen. And for the accountants out there, if you listen to this podcast on earmark, you can get free CPE credit. Nice. Join us next. Yeah. Real nice.
1: Yay. Really, really nice. Yes. Free CPE credit. You got to be kidding me. That sounds too good to be true. Like a fraud, like a Ponzi scheme. Join us next time. (laughs) A CPE, a continuing professional education Ponzi scheme. It only works if more and more people will take the quiz <laughs> become CPAs yeah. need CPA <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> If you haven't if you haven't passed the CPA exam yet pass it so that you can join our Ponzi scheme of continuing professional education quizzes <laughs> it's, awesome. it's awesome Who gets
0: rich off of that
1: Oh not us
0: <laughs> Yeah <laughs> no one <laughs> Join us next time for more avarice swindlers and scams from stories that will make you say, Oh, my fraud.